0: You're listening to the Living Word Church podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We are the worst at waiting, aren't we? Anybody here feel like you're kind of in some pattern of just walking in circles? Anybody here trying to make a big decision you have no idea? If God's will is that you go ahead or that you don't go ahead and do that thing. Anybody trying to discover uh, next season for life and just really unsure what that looks like. Anybody just trying to figure out maybe it's not the biggest decision in the world even, but you're just sort of wondering, I wonder what God thinks about this. Does anybody struggle to wait on God? Does anybody here maybe not even know what that means? What does it mean to wait on God. How do I do that and why is it important? Well, that's what we're going to look at here today. But we are the worst at waiting. In human history, there have never been more impatient people on planet Earth than us right here, right now. Isn't that true? I mean, isn't it true that when you go ahead and load that website on your phone or your computer, and it doesn't load right away, you're like freaking out throwing stuff? Like, are you kidding me? I had to wait 0.7 of a second, you know? You're calling Verizon or Optimum trying to figure out, you're resetting the modem and, the, and, and your Wi-Fi router. Um, I think about Instacart and DoorDash and all these places that bring us food and groceries instantly. My mom, had she still been alive today, would have lost her mind over such things. She was the most thrifty person you ever met in a good way, but she would, man, she would hunt down grocery deals. She spent her week going from grocery store to grocery store for the best. She was the lady that they'd pay money to after she got all her food in the cart. You know those people, right? They hand in all their 7,000 coupons, and they owe you money. She would go from store to store, depending on what was on sale. She'd buy this at this store. You know, I've oh, got milk and eggs over here. We're getting baby formula and diapers over here. But we only have a baby in the house. Ma, what are you doing? I got a coupon, you know? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna get it for free and so she was the most thrifty person I was not allowed to order anything my mom could make me at home in a restaurant wasn't allowed well mom I want a grilled cheese I can make that for 29 cents and you want to spend three dollars and 99 cents here in the store are you kidding me man if my mom knew that I sometimes use DoorDash to get a cookie dough blast from Sonic (laughs) she would lose her mind but we're so impatient right I need it now. I need it right now. Get it to me within the hour. I'll pay the two extra dollars if you get it to me in the next 29 minutes, right? On Amazon, you can hit the little button so that you only see what will come in the next day or two, right? We're just so bad at waiting. It's just our culture. It's who we are, and it's where we're at. Now, years ago, God kind of put on my heart the importance of waiting on him. Waiting on him. We're not great at this. This is a real struggle for most of us. But just how important it is to wait on God. So what do I mean by waiting on God? Well, here's what I mean. Before we make a huge decision, before we maybe have a hard conversation with somebody where we're going to have to say some tough and difficult things, before we pray for somebody, before we quit our job and start a new one, before we choose a major or switch majors, before we end the relationship or start the relationship, waiting on God, saying, God, what do you have to say about this? Because I know what I'm feeling, but man, feelings can mess us up, can't they? Feelings are trouble, aren't they? But, but what are you saying? I know what I'm feeling, I know what I'm thinking, I've done a lot of research, but God, at the end of the day, what are you saying? Let me say it this way. I think waiting on God is asking for his input before decision and action, Now, why is this so important? Well, we're going to see that here in just a few minutes. And I want to tell you today that waiting on God is not just something that we should do. I think waiting on God is actually a lifestyle we're supposed to have. And I want us to see the power of that here today. The problem is, often in life, there are things flying at us a million miles an hour, and we're just trying to put out fires most of the time, aren't we? You know, in the last two years... I've had little doubt what our church was supposed to do. Here's what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to look at the hurting person, the person who just lost a loved one, the person who had a family member in the hospital, the person who just lost their job, the person whose relationship just fell apart. And we're supposed to love on them like crazy. We're supposed to come alongside of them and support them and cry with them and uh, encourage them toward hope. Like that's what we're supposed to do. You know, when you see a fire, you don't stop and say, Lord, what should I do about this, right? You grab the hose and you put the fire out. And there's been a million fires over the last two years, and I think as Living Word Church, we were supposed to run with the hose to the fire and and help those in great need. But I will say this. I'll say that in the last two years, I think I've struggled then with waiting on God because there was just so much to go ahead and just do. That was just obvious. And in this last season, I think God's began to put back on my heart, Doug, wait on me. Wait on me before the decision, before the action, go ahead and just wait on me and allow me to inform all that and begin to see my power at work in those situations. Maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah man, over the last few years there's been so many fires in life just to put out that I have really not waited on God. Or maybe you're like, I don't know how to wait on God. Or maybe you're saying, I know how to wait on God and historically I've done it But in this last season, I've just been in such a long waiting period, a holding pattern. I'm just ready to go forget God. I'm just going to go do this on my own wisdom and knowledge. And so today, I want to encourage you and I to wait on God, to learn how to do it, to continue to do it, uh, to get better at it, to grow at it. Now, why is it so important? Here's why it's so important. Because if we learn to wait on God, we will just save ourselves so much pain. We'll save ourselves so much pain. Anybody here ever walked in a circle in your life? just walking in circles, what are you up to, what stage of life are you, man, I'm just walking in circles, man, I don't know, I'm, I just keep not finding where I'm supposed to be, I'm running into walls, I'm falling off cliffs, like, I just don't know where I'm supposed to be, and I just find myself causing myself a ton of pain, and you know another reason why it's so important to wait on God, because when we do, listen, this is huge, God will accomplish so much in and through our lives, Like when we stop and we say, God, what are you doing? What are you wanting to say? What way should I go? How should I respond? God, breathe life into this situation or just into me because I'm done right now. Man, what exciting things God, God will lead us to. What incredible things he'll lead us to. And one thing I want you to really see today is that when you and I wait on God, we don't just get information. That's really important. Because I think sometimes it's like, God, where do I go and what do I do? Just tell me the answer. Listen, God tells us the answer, but he also does so much more. He gives us so much more than just information. And I want you to see the power of that here today. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn a principle. We're going to see a bad example of the principle and a good example of the principle. So everybody say principle. Say bad example. Say good example. That's where we're headed here this morning. If you're not a follower of Jesus, thank you for coming to church. Thank you for watching online. Thank you for giving this a shot. You may have loved the service to this point. You may have not liked it at all. You may be very excited about what's next. You may be bored. Here's what I would say. There is a loving God who wants to have a relationship with you and wants to lead and direct your life. He's good. He's trustworthy. He cares for you. And I want you to see what he wants to do in your life today. So I pray you'll kind of take this little journey with, us, journey with us for a few minutes. So we're going to start out learning the principle from some really famous verses. Back in the 80s, there was a song that made this, this passage famous. I am not going to sing it for you. But there was a song that kind of made this passage famous. It's a famous passage, but here's what I want you to do. I want you and I to learn some new things today. Everybody say Learn. We're gonna learn some stuff today from a famous passage where we find our principle and then look at our bad example and our good example. So Proverbs 3 says this. Look at this. Look at the screens and then look back at me, all right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Simple, right? You know what we're so good at? I mean, we're so good at trusting in the Lord with half our heart, aren't we? We're so good at that. I'm just gonna trust you with half my heart, God. See, here's what this looks like. This is God. I have some Big stuff going on, so please bless it. Instead of saying, God, what are you up to? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? See, if I'm going to trust you with my day, I can't just ask you to bless what I'm doing. God, what are you up to today? What do you want to lead me to today? What's your heart? We're so good at trusting God with half our heart. You know what else we're good at? We are so good at trusting the Lord with all of our heart for salvation, but not so much the other stuff. Right? Isn't there a bunch of us here in the room today that would say, Without Jesus' death and resurrection, I have no salvation. I'm done. I have no hope. I trust you, Lord, with all of my heart. And then a little asterisk or a little parenthesis you should say, right? For salvation. What about the marriage? What about the finances? What about the kids? What about my career? What about my struggle? Right? Trusting the Lord with all, all my heart means, all right, Lord, I'm not just going to trust you for salvation. I'm going to trust you for the other stuff, too. You know what else we're so good at? You're like, Doug, stop saying we're good at stuff because then you say stuff we're bad at. Okay, so stop, <laughs> stop doing that, right? You ever had something valuable? Okay, this is a Pete Alonzo signed bat. If you know who Pete Alonzo is, uh, you can't come to the church anymore. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Pete Alonzo is a baseball player for the Mets who by this point in the season, which hasn't started yet, have a zero percent shot at making the World Series, even though they just spent a trillion dollars. Their two main pitchers are hurt, so I might cry. But here is Pete Alonzo's bat signed, and uh, my buddy Jimmy got this for our family, and this is really cool, and here's what we so often do. Can I borrow somebody from the front? Oh, Michael, you feel like helping me? Come here, here's what we do. We trust God with half our heart, right? It's like having something you really care about and you think's really cool, and then somebody comes over, and Michael's like, can I see that? You're like, yeah, you can, here, see it, see it, right? And that's exactly right. Can I, can I hold it? Yeah, yeah, man, you, you can hold it. Yeah, man, right? And we hang on, and he's holding on, but I'm hanging on too, right? This is so much of our relationship with God. Trust the Lord with all my heart. All right, Lord, uh, you can go ahead and hold that, but, but I'm gonna hold it too, right? Man, what does it look like to trust the Lord with all our heart? Thank you, Michael, you're the man, but you can't have my back. <laughs> I think one of the reasons we struggle with trusting the Lord with all of our heart, be it we trust him for salvation but not the other stuff, we hang on to the stuff, and we don't fully trust, or we trust with half heart. I think some of the reason we do that is because it's just a matter of waiting on the Lord. To trust the Lord with all of our heart, we have to wait on him. And we really struggle to wait on him. He goes on. He helps us understand a little more. He says, and lean not on your own understanding. Okay? Now, sometimes looking at the words in the language they were originally written is really helpful. And there's a couple times here in this passage where it's really helpful. So we're going to do that. You know, this word lean is the Hebrew word sha'an. Everybody say sha'an. All right. Good job. And it means lean or support yourself. Okay? Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not or support yourself up not on your own understanding. I think this is a struggle for you and I. I think this is where we go, okay, God, I know what to do or or, I'm just gonna go ahead and make a decision and we don't wait. We support ourselves up on our own understanding. And the next part is a beautiful verse and I pray you're gonna learn something powerful in this verse today. He says, in all your ways submit to him Okay, now that word submit in some translations says acknowledge. So in other words, God, I have a big decision to make. I'm going to submit this to you or I'm going to kind of give it to you but really let go of the bat, right? Or I'm going to acknowledge you, God. I'm not just going to go ahead and make this decision. I'm going to say, God, I know that you have a plan here and I'm going to ask you to lead this and breathe into it. So I'm going to acknowledge you. But let's take it further. You see, the the Hebrew word here at its simplest form is yada, not Yoda, okay? The correct pronunciation is Yodah. Everybody say Yodah. Yoda. It means to know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, know him. Know him. You see, I think sometimes we hear the word submit or the word acknowledge, and it's like, okay, I guess I'll just throw God a little favor here, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, oh, God, would you just give me some direction here just so that I can say I did it? No, the the heart behind this passage is, in all your ways, know him. Know him. Know the person. Know God. Know Jesus. Know the Holy Spirit. Know him. And when you know him, something amazing is going to happen. Because then he says this, and he will make your paths straight. Anybody here ever supported yourself up on your own understanding and ended up walking on unstraight paths? What's another word for unstraight paths? Circles. Sometimes we walk in circles in life, don't we? We just don't know what's ahead. We don't know the right decision. We don't know right, the right thing. We're, we're confused. We're stressed. We're anxious. Why are we so anxious? Why are we waking up so early? Why are we can't fall asleep? Why? Because we're here often. I mean, hey, I'm walking through a battle with anxiety. I've been pretty candid about that. And I walked around my, my backyard for about a half hour last night just giving God things that I'm anxious about. Just, Lord, here's... The things on me that are so big. Here's the things on me that are so heavy. Here's the things that weigh so much on me. And here, I think we find that when we come to the Lord, we say, okay, God, I'm going to give you this. I want to stop walking in circles with this. I want to stop circling my anxiety. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to not support myself of my own understanding. I'm going to know you. What does the scripture say? Be still and what? Anybody know it? Yeah, a lot of you guys know it. Be still and know that I am God. Not run ahead because you think you're God. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. Lead not on your understanding, but on your ways. Know me, right? It's a knowing, it's a relationship. If you're not a follower of Jesus, are you seeing the beauty of this? This is not religion. This is not do a bunch of stuff. This is a God who wants to breathe into your relationships, into your finances, into your decision making, into your communication, into your soul. A relationship he wants to be informing you he wants to be leading you he wants to be directing you and so we've learned a principle today wait on God before decision and action wait on God before decision and action I'm not just going to plow ahead I'm not just going to make my way if I do I'll end up running circles if I don't and I wait God's going to do something beautiful so I everybody say bad example all right let's look at the bad example the Israelites of course right we bust on them a lot don't we But if anybody knows anything about walking in circles, literally, it is the Israelites. They did it for 40 years, 40 years of unstraight paths. Think about this. God had done so many miracles for them. He had sent the plagues to get them out of Egypt, and he splits the sea. Talk about a straight path, right? Dry ground, water walled up on either side. He then provides them with food and drink in the middle of the wilderness, you would think okay they they got to stay on this path right they're on a good path they're on a straight path they're on god's path unfortunately waiting was an issue for them waiting on god allowing him to lead and direct them allowing him to speak to them and communicate and breathe life into all their decisions was a struggle for them everybody young in the room real quick look up at me you can keep looking at me if you're old here, but it's like looking down right but if you're younger I've got young kids, man. I've got you know three, three, two high schoolers and a middle schooler. You guys are making some incredible decisions right now in these next several years. You guys have some stuff that's gonna really lead and direct the rest of your life. And I just wanna say to you, if you could go ahead and learn to wait on God moving forward, he's gonna lead you to some pretty incredible things. I would just encourage you, don't walk in circles. There's a straight path for you. The straight path doesn't mean... A perfect path with no difficulty, by the way. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But he's got a straight path for you. And I would encourage you today to to learn from the bad example and the good example in the Israelites and then who we're going to look at in just a minute. But God leads Moses to an amazing one-on-one conversation. That's incredible. Think about talking to God. Like like Moses and God are in a one-on-one conversation. You ever been in a one-on-one conversation with an important person before? Imagine you and God. And so talk about waiting on God. Moses is there in the presence of God, and he's getting literally like, almost like a download of the heart of God for his people. God's wanting to lead and direct his people that he's just rescued. And here's Moses in this one-on-one conversation. But while he is waiting on God, acknowledging God, um, knowing God, the people get tired of waiting. And it says in Exodus 32.1, read this with me. When the people saw that Moses was taking so long and coming down from the mountain, let's just pause there, they could not wait. Moses is hearing from God in an unbelievable way and they're just going, we, can we just get on with stuff? Right? Do you see yourself in that? Is that us sometimes? I know it's me sometimes. Let's go on. They gathered around Aaron, who's the brother of Moses, right? Who has seen all these miracles. He was God's spokesperson throughout much of this process. They gathered around Aaron, Moses on the mountain, hearing from God, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods. Everybody say make. If you can make a God, how good do you think it is? Come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, as for this fellow Moses? As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Man, did that crowd turn quickly on Moses. He's now this fellow Moses. The fellow Moses is the guy you meet by the toilet seats and the extension cords in the hardware store, right? Not the guy who just rescued your nation from generations of oppression. Wow. They just couldn't wait. Crowd turned quickly. He's taking too long. Come on already. Aaron answered them. Come on, Aaron. Come on, Aaron. We need you. We need some leadership here. We need a good influence. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons and daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf fashioned with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Would anyone buy that here today? I was like, okay guys, God's taking a little bit long and so if you just give me all your jewelry... We're going to melt it down, and I'm going to make a little calf up here. Oh, and by the way, this calf that we just made out of the gold you were just wearing, it, it, it's what's delivered you your whole life. It's done miracle after miracle for you, and it's going to lead us forward. Wow, isn't it crazy, the stuff we start to do when we stop waiting on God? We're so easily deceived, so easily swayed when we stop waiting on God, and we just plow ahead. They end up worshiping the idol and getting into all kinds of of sin, no wonder they walk in circles for 40 years. Instead of doing what God was calling them to do, they walked in circles, on straight paths. You know, when you're walking in circles, you're usually on your path, and when you're walking on a straight path, you're on the Lord's path for your life. Now, of course, the questions are well, how do you know when you're on God's straight path? I'll give you some, some clues. Now, not all of these are true at all times. It's not one size fits all. But, but let me tell you how you can kind of know if you're on God's path for your life. Well, A, you've waited on him. That's where it starts. You've waited on him in some way and said, God, lead me and direct me. I think another thing is you begin just to see his guidance. You begin just to see uh, an opportunity open or another one close, You begin to see some answers to prayer. Sometimes it's little stuff. Sometimes it's huge stuff. You begin to see some growth in your life, your relationship with God. You begin to impact other people, right? And here's a key. You begin to sense God carrying you when you find difficulty on the path. Listen to me. There's still difficulty on God's path. Don't think because you run into some difficulty you're not on God's path. Yesterday I had a conversation with a friend, and I can't tell you the whole story. I think the time will come maybe where you'll get to hear the whole story. But I was talking with a friend who's going through probably the worst day of his life. If I told you the story, every single one of us would be crying. But do you know what he said to me? He said, right here and right now, my faith is so strong. I said to him, listen to me. You know what that is, right? That's called the grace of God carrying. That's called something bigger than you, because your faith and my faith, we can't be strong like that on the worst day of our life. But when you're on God's path, you begin to sense his grace carrying you, even in the difficult situations. So we've learned a principle today. Wait on God before decision and action. God, what are you saying about this, right? Right? We've seen a bad example, the Israelites. Moses literally waiting on God and the people can't wait and they cause themselves all kinds of trouble and they walk in circles for 40 years. But now we get to our good example. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus is our good example today. He's always the good example by the way. Do you remember a few months ago we looked at John five nineteen? Look what it says. Jesus gave them this answer very truly, I tell you, the Son, he's talking about himself, he's saying, me, Jesus, the Son, can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So here's Jesus, God in the flesh, saying, I wait on the Father. I wait, I don't just go do stuff. Wait, wait, but Jesus, you're God in the flesh, you know this, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm God in the flesh, but I wait on the Father. I do only what the Father is doing. He's doing exactly what Proverbs 3 told us to do. No God. No God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? No God. Even Jesus is doing this. In fact, Jesus did this so frequently as we look through the Gospels that it really becomes clear that waiting on God is a lifestyle. See, I think sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to wait on God for the big decision and please do. But I also think sometimes we're like, okay, so I'll just cruise through the other stuff. And I think we often cruise through our day, and we miss several things God's trying to lead us to. We we, we miss several opportunities for him to breathe into our situations and our lives in areas where maybe we're struggling. How different our days might go if we were to wait on God. Give you an example of Jesus living this out. Well, we see him going and praying and seeking God all the time. But one beautiful example is the night that he was betrayed and arrested. He's in the garden praying. He's waiting on his father. And if you don't know the story, let me tell you, here's what's about to happen. Jesus is waiting and praying before he's about to be arrested and then falsely accused, beaten, mocked, spit upon, and then crucified. And here he is aligning his heart with the will of his father. And it says this in Luke twenty-two forty-two: 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, yours be done. Jesus is in this moment, he's about to suffer in an unbelievable way, so he says, Father, take this cup from me, if there's another way. But then he says, but not my will, your will. I'm gonna line my heart up with you, God. I'm gonna wait on you, Father. Here he is waiting. Now listen, everybody say information. Wouldn't you imagine Jesus is hanging on every moment For the information that he's looking for, is this a yes or a no here, Father? Are we going through with this whole crucifixion thing? Or is there another way? You would think that information is going to be everything to Jesus. But I want you to see he gets more than information. And so do you and so do I when we wait on God. Look what it says in the next verse. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. He got his answer, the answer is yes, this is still the path. You will give your life for the sins of the world. But I'm not just gonna give you information. Can I strengthen you at the same time? Can I give you what you need to accomplish that thing that maybe you're terrified about? And when you and I come to Jesus, when we come to our Heavenly Father, when we come to the Holy Spirit and we wait on him, we get more than information. Just raise your hand real quick if you've ever asked God for something and you're disappointed in the answer. Just raise your hand real quick. It should be every single one of us in the room, by the way, right? I think we've all had our moments where we're disappointed with an answer. But I want you to see today, you get more than information. You don't just get an answer as you approach God and wait on him. You get strengthening. You get grace. He fills you with joy. He fills you with peace. Raise your hand real quick if you ever went to God and you were sad or depressed about something and as you spent time with him, you begin to feel a change in how you felt. Just raise your hand real quick. So Again, that's a ton of us because God doesn't just give us information. He meets with us. He gives us the grace. That's what my friend was feeling. That's what my friend was feeling who's going through the worst day of his life. God wasn't just there to pat him on the back, say, it'll be all right, but no, he was there to strengthen him and to give him grace to endure what is otherwise unthinkable. Our principle today Wait on God before decision and action. Oh God, what are you saying? What are you saying, God? I, I'm I'm feeling stress about this situation. What are you saying about it, God? I'm feeling completely confused God I don't know what to do God I am afraid God I am so anxious God I'm so sad what are you saying about this God my marriage is falling apart what are you saying what do I do God I don't know what school to go to what are you saying what's my major God what would you have for my life everybody the younger in the room just look up at me again here for a second God has such a path for you I need you to know that that is the truth today The enemy has a path for you. Maybe you have a path for you. Maybe your parents have a path for you. The guidance counselor has a path for you. Everybody's got a path for you. What is God saying? God, what are you saying? Lead me, direct me, show me. Because I don't know about you. I don't want to be the bad example today. I don't want to be like the Israelites walking in circles. I want to be like Jesus who waited, who, yes, got the information he needed, but also got the strengthening. He got the grace that he needed to do the hard work. The hardest thing. Anybody tired of walking in circles? Anybody not sure what the will of God is? Anybody not sure if you're even, maybe today, actually, let me rephrase the question. Maybe you're realizing right now, oh, man, I've just been plowing ahead. I have not asked God what he thinks about this. Wait on God before decision and action. Waiting on God, listen, is a lifestyle. Because there's grace he wants to give us for every moment. I hope you know the heart of this church is never that you would come, hear a message, sing some songs, feel close to God in this room, and then go out and live Monday through Saturday without a relationship with Jesus. He's gotta breathe into it all. And that's when stuff gets exciting, and that's when we are saved from tons of pain of walking in circles. He wants to inform it all. Charles Spurgeon said this. Read this with me. If the Lord Jehovah makes us wait, let us do so with all our hearts or our whole hearts. For blessed are those that wait for him. He is worth waiting for. Maybe some of you just, that's why you're here today. Just to realize he's worth it. His way is worth it. His heart for you, he is worth waiting for. The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. Listen, this last line is so important. The Lord's people have always been a waiting people. What do you do? How do we respond? Get into the habit of saying, God, what are you saying about this? God, what are you saying right now? Don't go crazy over this. Don't start praying Burger King or McDonald's, Lord, right? <laughs> Clearly, you've missed it. Obviously, the Lord's saying Chick-fil-A. you missed it all across the board there, right? But I do think we pray, all right, Lord. Man, I, I'm, uh, the debt's piling up, and I guess I could, you know, apply for this 0% credit card and try to get myself out of some trouble. But, Lord, what are you saying? That's what I, that's what I got. Lord, what do you have? Lord... I met my spouse from across the room. We haven't talked yet. Once a year when our departments are together at the staff Christmas party, I just, it's them. There's no, right? But Lord, what are you saying? Are you directing? God, I'm really struggling with this person. I would like to cut them out of my life. I'm done with them. And listen to me. There are times I think God calls us to cut somebody out of our life. But I think it's less than we think. It's less often than we think. I should say, God, I'm done with this prayer. What are you saying? Again, high schooler or college student in the room. I'm pursuing this career. Why are you pursuing it? Well, I've wanted to do it since I was a kid. My parents are going to kill me if I don't. But God, what are you saying about this? Okay, but how will I know what he's saying? See, that's the big problem, right? We've done a whole series on this, hearing from God, knowing his voice, and I'd love to talk with you more about that if you're questioning after service or we could email this week or talk or whatever, but let me give you a few ways you'll know. First off, he's gonna speak to you through his word. He's gonna direct you as you read the word of God. That's why it's so important to read your Bible, right? He's gonna speak to you. He's gonna make that clear. He's also gonna do it through open doors and closed doors, right? I had this great opportunity and then the door just slammed shut in my face, well, my guess is God's got something different for you. I was just cruising through life and suddenly this door opened. I didn't even see it coming. Well, maybe God's leading you a whole different direction, right? But, but God, I'm gonna wait on you. I'm not just gonna jump through the door. I'm not gonna try to beat the door down when it's shut in my face. I'm gonna instead say, God, what are you saying about this? What's your heart for this? And then God is so good to us because he gives us some undeniable experiences, okay? So I'll give you an example. Years ago, I wanted to get a tattoo on my arm right here that said, Soli Deo Gloria. You see it, isn't it nice, you guys like it? (laughs) Soli Deo Gloria, which means glory to God alone. I just wanted that reminder in my face at all times. Glory to God alone, why am I a pastor? Glory to God alone, why do I do this? Glory to God alone, why? I just thought that'd be a great reminder, right? And so I just began to pray about it. God, what are you saying about this, right? I mean, whatever, it's a tattoo, right? This is not an anti tattoo message, right? Like, if you have a tattoo, rock on. I don't think that the Bible says we shouldn't get tattoos, and you can email me your angry email in a few minutes, and I will respond, okay? Unfortunately. No, I will. No, for real. If that's something that you trip over, I would would 100% be willing to have that conversation with you. But I don't think that the Bible says we shouldn't. Not the point of the story. But I prayed about it. God, what do you have me to do? And as I prayed about it, and I was so serious about waiting on God on this, I actually, this is maybe just in my youth, so silly too, but I took a Sharpie and I wrote solely Deo Gloria on my arm for about a week just to see, like walking through life, like, you know, just just see how it, you know, how it worked. And as I'm waiting, I just felt like God put on my heart. And again, if you have a tattoo, no worries. But for me, I felt like God gave me such a specific answer. And this was the answer. Doug, in your lifetime, you will be overseas in nations where it's illegal to be a follower of Jesus. And if you have Soli Deo Gloria written on your arm, it's going to be really easy to identify you. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll keep waiting on God. And I kept my Sharpie, you know, I kept going for a little bit. Like, within a week, somebody came up to me and said, Doug, weirdest thing, man, if this doesn't make any sense to you, no worries. But I feel like I'm supposed to tell you, don't get a tattoo because if... In your lifetime, you're going to be overseas in some nations where it's illegal to be a Christian sharing the gospel. And if you get that on your arm, it's going to be easy to identify you as a follower of Jesus. And so I kept questioning. No, of course not. I, what? Are you kidding me? Like, what? And I just said, I tell you that story to say, man, God just has a way of getting the message to you. Like, if you're really waiting on him, he's going to show you. I had no clue that that person was going to say that to me. That person didn't even know I was thinking about it. And so I would just say, as you wait on God, he's going to make it clear. He may speak to you through his word. It may be a crazy situation like that. It might just be an open door or a closed door. It may just be the conviction of your own heart. Man, I just just know I'm not supposed to go through this. Well, why not? I don't know exactly why. I just know I shouldn't. And haven't there been times we've all gone with that and been so grateful because not a week or two later you realize, oh man, that's what would have happened. God was so faithful to keep me. If you're not a follower of Jesus and, and you don't know how to pray, man, I would just say it's like talking to a friend. It's like talking to me. It's like talking to the person sitting next to you, the person that you came with. It's a, it's a conversation. It's about you and God. It's about your relationship with him. And What a beautiful first prayer. God, what are you saying about my life? God, what are you wanting to do in my life? God, what's your direction and leading for me? And you know, I think it's a good idea to have somebody in your life that can look you back in the face and lovingly say, yeah, you're hearing from God, or yeah, you gotta keep praying about that. You know what I mean? Just another layer of security for us to be able to say, you know, is anybody else seeing God in this, or is this just me, right? Right? And so use wisdom, but but let's be a people who wait on the Lord. You know, I've been so enjoying over the last several weeks praying for people during the last song. I kind of just hang out in the back over there, and if anybody needs prayer, I get to pray with them. And one of the reasons I like that is because we can pray in the hallway, but it kind of feels a little rushed, and there's people walking by, and I'll keep doing that. I mean, great, if we get out there and get into a conversation, let's pray together. But I like that because I can wait. Instead of you just telling me like, oh, yeah, well, my, my family, this and that and the other, and I just go, okay, God, this, that, and the other, his family. I like the back there we just go, can we just wait and let God lead this prayer time? Because sometimes God wants to speak something to me and you. Sometimes you think you're coming for prayer for your family and God is wanting prayer for something else in your life. And we just need to wait on him. I tell you, I've never been sorry when I've waited on the Lord. I have been sorry when I've rushed ahead. And so I would encourage you, wait on God before decision and action. And waiting on God is a lifestyle. I encourage you. That's not a bad thing. I hope you're not feeling this. Doug put this great weight on us today. Now I have to, you know, this great burden on us. Now I have to wait on God. All that. No, what a gift. You have almighty, all-knowing God looking out for you, informing you, leading you. And guiding you, how's a hard conversation going to go when you rush in in emotion, as compared to waiting on God, saying, "God, would you lead this, and would you prepare my heart and their heart, and would you show me what to say and what not to say?" Man, what a benefit! What a beautiful thing we have when we get to wait on God. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to put your trust in Him today. Jesus died to make this relationship possible. You know, this relationship I've been talking with you about this whole time this morning, this conversation God wants to have, it took the death of Jesus. That's why he was in the garden praying, oh God, if possible, take this cup, not my will, your will. God sends the angel, strengthens him, and then he goes on and he dies, and he's placed in the tomb, and he raises back from the dead to rescue us from our sin. And that's what we're going to celebrate over the next several weeks. And like I said, next Sunday, we start talking about Palm Sunday, the coming of Jesus, and some of the things he experienced and how it relates to us. And we start to really begin to celebrate Easter next Sunday together. And so I pray you'll be back for that. But for each and every one of us in the room, wait on God before decision and action. Waiting on God is a lifestyle. Let's pray together. So, Lord, here we are today, God, and it's just so easy to rush through life. It's so easy to clow ahead, we have deadlines, and there's stresses, and we need results, and we live in a results-oriented world, and God, the pressures of our job, our schooling, our our, our raising our kids right, and, and just all the things, God, that can choke out probably one of the most important things we could do is waiting on you. And God, I believe that when we wait on you, all of those areas of life I just brought up will be so much more fruitful and blessed. And so God, I just pray for each and every one of us in the room today that you'd help us. So as I often remind you, I pray that you won't miss this next part of the service. Right here is so important. We've, We've heard the word of God. I think now is when the spirit of God does something special in our hearts. So would you approach God right now How do you need to wait on him? What do you need to wait on him for? Ask this question. God, what are you saying? I know what I think. I know what I've been counseled. I know what the world would say. I know what I did in the past. God, what are you saying? Because I want to wait on you before decision and action. And I want to grow into a lifestyle of waiting on God, because the Spurgeon says, the people of God have always been awaiting people. But the good news is you are a God that comes through. You are a God that speaks and answers and directs and lead, and you are a God that is so good to us, because when we wait on you, you don't just give us information. you come through with strength, with grace, with joy with peace, with hope, with self-control, provision, healing. We thank you, God. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, would you please pray with me now? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I put my faith in you. I trust you for salvation. I trust you to forgive my sins. I thank you for this gift. And God, I pray you'll make me a person who asks that question. God, what are you saying? Would you begin to inform my life and not just inform it, but breathe into it. Give me the strength and the grace that I need as I respond to how you lead me. Thank you for this gift of salvation. Your name, amen. We're gonna stand and wait on God together. And we're also, at the end of the service, gonna have a prayer team up here that would love to pray with you. And I'm so thankful you are here today. And I pray that right now we'll practice together a little bit of that waiting on God.